0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording and
1: lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum wa wa Peace and blessings to all our listeners. Welcome to the Voice of Islam. It is Sunday, the 8th of October, 2023. The time now is 10 04. This is the Weekend World Show with Asr Ahmadi. Listen to Voice of Islam on DAB radio, mobile and online 24 hours a day. Broadcasting live from the Bethel Futhu Mosque in Morden. The Weekend World Show, a current affair show with the week's news, views and reviews from a faith and non-faith perspective. Promoting the message of peace and unity. Discussing religion, politics, sports and topics of faith and spirituality. A message of Islam for the West. Join us and share your views or stories by phoning us on 0208-687-7878. You can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. The views on the Weekend World Show are those of the individuals and guests and not necessarily of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. My co-host, as always, is Waleed Ahmed, the Chief Librarian at the Bethel of Fatouh Mosque here in Morden and the editor of the Ahmadiyya Bulletin. Uh, good morning, and Assalamualaikum, alaykum alaykum, peace and blessings to you.
2: Welcome, good morning to you.
1: Yes, uh, it's so nice the, sunny weather, isn't it? It is. Mm. Uh, we're, we're into the second week of October, and the sun is shining, and the temperatures is going yes. to be into the twenties. Yeah. Can't be asking for more. No,
2: how long will it last? We don't
1: know. We don't know, indeed. Mm. Uh, Desmond Tutu, the famous uh, South African peacemaker, uh, Bishop, I believe he was. Mm. Yeah. yeah, He says that if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. And then he says, and in his typical comical way as well, um, making an important point, if an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. <laughs> Uh, and, yes. and and you know uh, and it's very much uh, mm. on the sentiments of the Holy Quran says that uh, and of those we have created there are people that guide men with truth, and do justice therewith, mm. chapter seven verse one eight two, so Islam encourages or instills the aspect of justice, yes. and I think Desmond Tutu in his comment there is, is exactly what he's trying mm. to say there. And in light, and
2: and without justice, uh, then there will be conflict. There will be uh, consequences. The consequences,
1: absolutely. So when we see the horrific scenes in Israel, uh, and but as much as Israel has every right to defend itself, and so we can't condone the attacks on the Israeli people, the injustices on this Palestinian people is the root cause of it all. Mm. Am I right in that thinking?
2: Very much so. I think uh, we can't condone the excesses being committed against the uh, Israelis, but neither can we condone the excesses committed against the Palestinians. And what His Holiness has been saying for uh, many years now is that uh, the world should uh, adopt greater uh, justice in its dealings. And if uh, it doesn't, then there, there are consequences. And this is one of the consequences that we're seeing. Illegal settlements uh, against international law, mm. uh, raids at will, uh, an embargo, uh, and uh, it's obviously going to be. is obviously going to yield some kind of reaction, isn't it? It's going the to, reaction.
1: and that is the reaction. But mm-hmm. I mean, th- when I talk about the injustices, uh, it, the human rights cost, uh, a figure by Forbes uh, says that uh, between 2008 and 2020. 2020, sorry, 2008 and 2020, 5,500 Palestinian civilians have been killed. Mm. Mm. Do you know how many Israelis? No
2: idea.
1: 281. Mm. That's the injustice. Mm. The numbers just just do not Mm. match. Mm. And uh, and no one has condemned Mm. those figures. I I haven't had any of the Western media or the Western powers uh, condemning that. Mm.
2: Um, and that's the narrative that we are fed uh, where um, the impression is that a lot of uh, excesses have been committed against the Israelis rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And that's unfortunate.
1: But the reality is yes. slightly yes. different, yeah. Uh, we'll discuss a lot more because what else have we got on the show? What have we got on the show?
2: Well, first up uh, uh, will be the news review with Dr. Freed, who's uh, with us uh, in the studio.
1: Ah, he's with us indeed. And mm. uh, Dr. Freed, uh, what what are we going to be discussing and what have you picked up in the news review f- to discuss today?
3: alaikum. yes. I think obviously the... Latest upsurge in violence in Palestine and Israel. Mm. That's obviously we have to discuss. And uh, on our home topic, uh, the uh, Sohalla Breverman's contention that uh, multiculturalism has failed in the UK. Mm. So we can have a discussion on that. And saying that multiculturalism also applies to Palestine and Israel, that's where it has failed.
1: It definitely failed, uh, indeed. But that, does, that doesn't mean it's failed in Britain. This is the question we'll yes, be asking about the brotherhood. I'm sure we'll discuss that. If we that. have time, we can discuss yeah, that, yes. Indeed. And what else will we need after that?
2: Well, we'll be uh, f- uh, having the faith in focus uh, to delve further into the life and uh, the character of the promised Messiah, the founder of the Amdi um, Samhain community, Azad Miza and,
1: and after the 11 o'clock, and please?
2: Then, yes, that's uh, when we'll be joined by Dr. Iqbal from Bradford. Uh, and uh, we'll be... Uh, taking his views on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I'm sure he'll have some strong opinions on the
1: situation. Yes, he doesn't shy from his strong opinions. Mm. we always want people with strong opinions. Doesn't Uh, hold back, does he? Doesn't hold back, yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, is Daniel Kalon, our imam, Ask the Imam segment, is he joining us?
2: We hope so, right? Uh, um, And uh, he'll be uh, uh, chairing the, or responding to the Ask the Imam segment. Uh, We're looking into some of the alternative medicines that the Holy Prophet's uh, peace people upon him is reported to have
1: practiced. Indeed. And Shahid uh, for the sports from Kent?
2: Yes, uh, to assess uh, the ODI World Cup with some interesting matches already played. Indeed, uh, very interesting. I oh. hope we'll be time. looking at the Premiership as well. Uh, we might do. We, we might, might, do, might It's do. boring now. We right? might touch on it. <laughs> okay. uh,
1: uh, but we'll see. Cricket is more important now. Okay. Uh, interesting thought-provoking show, I hope, in store for our listeners, inshallah. God willing, everyone eager to comment or share their views can do so by phoning 0208-687-7878 or tweet us at Voice of Islam UK, Voice of Islam on Dab Radio, mobile or live stream on voiceofislam.co.uk forward slash live. This is the Weekend World Show with us and Ahmadi. Uh, The views on the show are those of the individuals and not necessarily of the Ahmadi Muslim community. Weekend World on Voice of Islam. weekend world. Look at this week's news, views, and reviews. Right, Lisa. Uh, yes, sir. We're coming on to our first segment of the show, mm-hmm. uh, which is the news review. What have we what have you picked up on the news?
2: Well, uh, fears of ground invasion of Gaza grow as Israel uh, wells mighty vengeance. This is according to Al Jazeera. Mm-hmm. Fears of a huge ground invasion of Gaza growing after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu Promised to turn the besieged Palestinian enclave into a deserted island in response to the worst attack his country has suffered in decades.
1: The pledge came after gunmen from Hamas, which governs Gaza, rampaged through Israeli towns and killed at least 250 people on Saturday while retreating with their soldiers and civilian hostages in the deadliest day of violence of Israel since the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago. Let's hear to listen a clip of what was how it was being reported
0: an unprecedented military operation by hamas and a colossal failure of israeli intelligence it's been by far the deadliest day in the israeli-palestinian conflict in 50 years well right now more than 20, more than two million residents of gaza are spending their night in darkness and terror these are live pictures from gaza Well, just moments ago, Israel launched another airstrike on Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has asked Gazans who are under Israel's land, air and sea blockade to, quote, leave the territory now. He's vowed to turn Hamas sites into rubble in a war he says he's determined to win. So far, more than 230 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli airstrikes. Well, inside Israel, gun battles have been continuing for hours between Hamas fighters and Israeli forces. The death toll there stands at 250. In the southern city of Sderot, Palestinian fighters seized a police station. Israeli forces demolished part of the building with a bulldozer. Well, as night fell, Israel said it was engaged in gun battles in 22 locations. Uh,
1: that's how some of the news reporters have been uh, reporting this uh, situation. Terrifying it is. Joining us just to discuss this horrific situation for both Palestinians and Israelis is Dr. Freed. Dr. Freed. Contributes regularly on the show and has authored many articles on Islamic history. Uh, welcome to our studio after a long time, Dr.
3: Firdi. And congratulations on your completing your Umrah. And yes. And safe return. Uh, it,
1: it was. It was a very uh, enlightening. And thank you for remembering that. I just returned last Sunday. Yes. I was there for ten days, and Mashallah, uh, it is the, uh, a very spiritual uplifting experience. Uh, And it's quite strange that how you are able to perform all your prayers, uh, including your tahajjud, uh, on a daily basis without fail, uh, with the mosque absolutely full at all times throughout most of the space, particularly in the morning. And in fact, one of my duafs was done early morning uh, before tahajjud and uh, that was a great experience of that yes
3: spiritually inspiring and physically and physically testing
1: as, <laughs> as, 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 as i yes. said to someone i'm spiritually uplifted <laughs> but physically shattered <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yes. uh, i spent time during that period to pray for the peace in the middle east <laughs> my prayer wasn't listened to <laughs> it appears because few days later, this is happening in Israel. What do you make of what, what's happening in, in Palestine? And this particular incident now is very serious. It must be shattering for the Israelis because they weren't ex- expecting anything like that. They thought they had succumbed Hamas down to, to a level where they can keep an eye on them. Uh, and then at the same time, you have the uh, prime minister, I think he's threatening mass killings. So how do you equate this situation? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who do you condemn? Who do you not condemn? You're never going to win on this.
3: Well, the, this uh, this is just another cycle of violence, which we've uh, seen in our own lifetime, which has uh, happened in the in Palestine and Israel and in the Middle East in general. Uh, it's. Uh, we we say it's the Holy Land, mm. but basically uh, the inhabitants are unholy. unholy. Mm. Yeah, we we look at it from a religious angle, and yeah. we can look at it from a political angle. I think these days it is more politicized, and uh, the the cycle of violence will will does not seem to be coming to an end. The Palestinians will resist, and uh, the Israelis. Uh, use the argument that they have a right to survival and so but so have the Palestinians this is what I was gonna right, say yeah, that
1: yeah. The, the line from Israelis and it appears from the leaders of the world is that Israel has the right to defend itself yes where's the shout where's the call for the rights of the Palestinian people whose rights have been usurped
3: well the point is that uh, you know Israel has garnered a lot of sympathy from the West because of the Holocaust Right. Yeah, they were uh, brutally treated, uh, and rightly day. so. Yeah, and yeah, and so, and uh, th- that sympathy continues, and the West does not want to make that same mistake again. Now, coming as regards condemnation, mm. uh, it's been said in the news that there has been international condemnation. Yeah, it not been international; it's yeah. been Western condemnation. Correct. And even the Israeli commentator has said that this attack by Hamas mm. is not an attack on Israel, it is an attack on Western civilization. Uh-huh. So yeah. the, the media yeah. is manipulated to yeah. uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, look at this whole situation as an attack on the West. Yeah, it's, not it's, only it's here, almost, it's almost but the Palestinians are not like exactly uh, yeah. as you mentioned. No mention of the Palestinians. No. They don't come into this Yeah, and uh, the, we don't condone the attacks on civilians, on innocent civilians. And but uh, when the the settlers went on the rampage, and they killed a Palestinian, and they broke into houses and they burned down cars, there was hardly those in, in the newspapers, in the uh, press. Uh, there's very little mention of it. Mm. No one mentioned, and the it was uh, even the the Palestinians said that the, when the Army did arrive to, or the police did arrive to assess the situation. Yeah. They didn't do anything, did lift a finger. Yeah. And I don't think any of those people have been arrested. In
1: fact, so, you know, I was just quoting a figure to believe that uh, over five, five and a half thousand people, Palestinians, have been killed in, the, in a, in a yes. space of about five years or six years. Uh, and then you don't see any of that on the news. You have to turn to Al Jazeera to find some of those reportings. Yes. Uh, otherwise, the, 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 the Western press is not covering those incidences at all. As soon as a Palestinian attacks and, and an Israeli is killed, it's front-line, front-line news. you any uh, thoughts on your, on what Dr. Fareed is saying and anything to ask Dr. Fareed?
2: No, no, um, I just want to probe a little more about uh, the condemnation of the international
3: community, you're saying that that's not uniform. Can you elaborate on that then? no as far as i I've, I've, as as far as i've seen uh, I won't say the the countries which have condemned it are all western countries yes. okay Russia has yeah. not condemned it. In, don't think yeah. even india has not condemned uh, it china and, uh, china African countries, none of those have have condemned it well, the, you know the upcoming Countries uh, 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 who, who, uh, you know who have more influence influence in the world yeah. the uh, the countries of Africa so uh, so it's basically Western condemnation yeah. and, uh, and, and th- so th- the th- narrative
1: th- is that as if the whole whole of the civilized world is, is condemning it yes. and not the and Lord it's the it's
3: language as well I was yeah. just listening to the language yesterday that the. Uh, the uh, is Israelis uh, w if the, the soldiers who've been taken, they've been abducted. They've not been captured. They've been no, abducted. abducted. They've Correct. been kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the 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 tank which was captured, they are worried about the occupants. Yeah. Yeah. They're not occupants. They're actually soldiers, the military soldiers. The military yes, personnel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah the, yeah. the language is very carefully yeah.
1: chosen. Yeah. To, to give yeah. the impression as if the, you all, are the, all the with Palestinians, terrorism.
3: they are terrorists. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the Israelis are just, uh, yeah. uh, on, uh, uh, d-
1: d- you know, d- d- they're not terrorists. No. You yeah, they're uh, military. They're, um, are, are we in a situation where back in the 70s and 80s, the ANC were regarded as a terrorist group, right? Ultimately, they've turned out to be the freedom fighters, not mm-hmm. terrorists, because mm-hmm. it was their rights that were being usurped. And it was the nation of South Africa, the the white population, that was persecuting the, the black population there, and, and mm. they were fighting for their rights. Mm. Eventually, uh, it was recognized that Nelson Mandela is a freedom fighter, and he became one of the great leaders. Now, is the same sort of scenario being played out here, that Israel is being regarded as uh, the victim, whereas really the victims are the Palestinian people, whose rights are being usurped, and not the oppre- uh, and and not the right of the oppressor it's it's some
3: well what what is evident is the hypocrisy of the west it's very clear everyone knows mm. that the palestinians are being suppressed being, they've been uh, caged in uh, they have, they, uh, they're they they're completely uh they're, they're per- virtually persecuted yeah. everyone knows that but they won't lift a finger to condemn them when Israel does uh, uh, an act of, uh, of extreme violence or killing of civilians or the the uh, killing of the journalist, the lady did, journalist Shireen. Yes, so um, from Al Jazeera, from Al Jazeera. Uh, as yet, she, she was targeted. She was killed.
1: Yeah. And the Israelis and lied about that she Israel, was uh, yep. that uh, they lied about what the incident And it turned out that they were all lies. And then she was killed. Uh, by, by an Israeli soldier, yeah, and, uh, and and uh, no action has been taken, no justice and justice
3: the West, justice. Uh, they've no one has uh, said anything. no are no not covering the story at all. Yes, yeah, yes not, not, cover not covered. The story. It. So,
2: but, but what I what I was trying to ask is that with the growing influence of the global South, those countries they haven't condemned, do you think that this is also going to signal a change in the fortunes of the Palestinians, because the support of the West is no longer. The deciding factor uh, anymore is less and less because of the global influence of the South countries like India, China, Russia, who who are much more sympathetic with uh, the cause of the Palestinians than the West is.
1: And just as a correction, I think India has sort of come off the fence a bit and gone towards Israel a little bit I I believe, but the the rest are certainly in in that position.
3: So sorry.
2: My, my question <laughs> is, do you think that this, because of the growing influence of the South, yes, the, that there may be a change in the fortunes? The, the, po- the
3: point is that uh, if you look at it from a historical point of view, I mean, Israel only has only been in exis- existence for about 70 years mm. and uh, you always get upturns in, uh, in, in history, in, uh, in uh, changes in power. Mm. And uh, Israel depends very highly, very much on the West, especially the the, the, Amer- the Americans. Mm. But even we can see cracks in that support. Although President Biden yesterday spoke uh, uh, vocifer- vociferously mm. and mm. said, uh, stressed that uh, they would stay with Israel. Uh, we know that uh, when Trump was in power, uh, his uh, slogan was America first. Yeah. And eventually they'll, t- and we know that the support for Ukraine is splitting. It is already. Yeah, because all it's all, really, it was it's all really for all Ukraine, and now yeah. even. And there are have, signs of that. There are signs of well. that, yeah. and there will be a time when the West will think that uh, is it really worth supporting Israel? As I've said the the support is very much based on. The sympathy which uh, is which the Jewish people yeah. have garnered because of the Holocaust, of, of the Holocaust.
2: which which the West which occurred in the West, which occurred by in the West, by the West. I mean yeah. the Palestinians had no yeah. role yeah. in that yes. yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm.
3: So, but uh, uh, in terms of the the power uh, balance uh, for a f- few decades more, there's no doubt that uh, there will be n- no way that the Palestinians or the Muslim or Arab countries. Not the Muslims, say the Arab countries, mm. will be able to come to uh, stand against, to uh, stand up against Israel. Mm. Uh, th- these cycles will continue, and uh, eventually, even our own uh, uh, head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazem, the al Masih the Fifth, the has the said East that uh, it's only p- the this uh, the the return of uh, Palestine to the Palestinians or the return of uh, the land to the Palestinians will be a political will have to be a political settlement. Right. Yeah, we'll not. It's not uh, we'll, a religious matter. It's not a religious, not a religious no. matter. And no. uh, war may not come into it. No, yeah, there yeah. will be other factors. Uh, yeah. But if you look at uh, if uh, so to answer to mm. your question, eventually the, the global uh, power strategy changes from era to era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the era where Israel has the power. But
1: uh, and, if you, we, yeah. and we saw it in South Africa. We, we, yeah. No one had thought that South Africa would turn yes. the way it did, and it happened suddenly. And so these things can
3: happen. And yes, you're right. The power of, the, 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 of uh, African countries and the, the, the influence, mm-hmm. but it's still saying that it's still the, the the power balance is still very much weigh, weighed against is is, is in uh, in the uh, in the West. Mm-hmm. That's where the power balance. Even Russia. Uh, for all his power, it has difficulty in combating the, the Western... Uh, Indeed it uh, does. Yeah.
1: ...quality of Western yeah. arms. Correct. Yeah. And the strength of it. Yes. What about whenever Netanyahu goes to the United Nations, he has only one speech. It's about attacking Iran, yes. getting rid of Iran. Right? Will, will this be that opportunity for him to somehow attack Iran because Hamas, they say, are funded and supported by Iran. And that has always been their rhetoric. Uh, so is this is this going to be a, a point where Netanyahu will attack Iran possibly?
3: No, no, for all the, the equality of the Israeli army, I don't think they will take on Iran. They, okay. so you, can't, you can't take on Iran uh, as an in, in, in invasion force. Okay. We, America and uh, UK, they and the West tried it in Iraq. Yeah. Tried it in Afghanistan, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So Israelis, they they won't go. They can't destroy Iran. No. Iran is too big and too powerful. Well, will they use it just to attack it for the
1: sake of attacking, it, just to make a point.
3: Well, so that I, I don't know. I don't think they, they the, the the Americans do. I think even the Americans now, are from what I understand in the news, is they're making. Um, the, they're uh, pointing out to Israel that be mm-hmm. careful of uh, escalating uh, yeah. escalating. So I don't think they want to open another front. But Iran is already fighting them yeah. through through the proxy uh, yeah. partners. So and and with Russia
1: sort of having some sort of support with Iran, yeah. So that the makes it more difficult. That more makes it difficult. more difficult. Yeah. So no, but yeah. so
3: uh, in the long run, the, the, the this situation won't change. We'll mm-hmm. go through a cycle of violence. Unfortunately, there will be many, many killings. Uh, Netanahu has uh, uh, pledged of you know, uh, retribution. And of, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is, the language, really. this, is
1: the, this is the language they're using. If, if anyone else had used that language, the, the, the American forces and the UK forces would have been at the doorstep. Yes. And in yeah. the long run, again,
3: this is like I, I said at the beginning, this is the Holy Land, considered to be the Holy Land. Mm. But uh, it's been asserted by people even on the Palestinian side, we are not people who are holy in the sense that it was it was the land was destined for people who followed the commandments of God. The Jewish people ignored those start drifted away from it and the land was taken away from them. It was given to the Muslims. So Mm -hmm. if you look at it from a religious angle and uh, the proof of the pudding is that it remained in the hands of the Muslims. for it was taken away from the Jews stayed with the Muslims for centuries uh the had a small gap when the christians took over mm-hmm. and then again it was returned to to, to into muslim hands right. and then uh this period as i said is only is, is only 70 years less than the the 100 year occupation by the, the the christians by the crusaders Indeed. Indeed. and so inevitably uh the the pro, the promise of the the uh, the bible and of the quran will come true that the righteous will inherit the land.
1: At the moment, we see neither yeah. of them. If the Jews become the righteous, yeah,
3: yes, they yeah. they they, they, can, they have they have full justification. Yeah. But the way, exactly, uh, the the if they're behaving in the way they are, uh, that uh, massacring, justifying the massacre yeah, of uh, yeah. innocent civilians, yeah. uh, whole tower blocks have been destroyed by um, by Israeli firepower. <laughs> The, the the Palestinians have no army, no navy, no. and no
1: air force. Stones, they've got stones. <laughs> yeah, stones, yes. <yeah>. So, quite so,
3: <laughs> Yeah. So it's a
1: few missiles completely from. Completely asymmetrical. The, the indeed, indeed. Yes. Uh, I, f- from that, I, I get I'm picking up that you don't see uh, a solution in the short term. Uh, maybe in the medium term also, there's going to be no solution. As far um, as we are concerned, we right. can only pray. Pray for them. Indeed, yes. indeed. Okay, let's move on to our next story, which is uh, Rishi Sunak rejects Breverman's claim that multiculturalism has failed. This is what uh, Breverman claimed. Uh, what is the Guardian report on this Really,
2: It says that Rishi Sunak has praised the UK's fantastic multicultural democracy, in direct contrast to Suela Breverman's claims this week that multiculturalism had failed. The Home Secretary was criticised by fellow Conservative MPs after she claimed during a speech to a right-wing US think tank that world leaders had failed to make wholesale reform of human rights laws uh, because of fears of being called racist mm. or illiberal.
1: Uh, asked on the BBC if he agreed with Bretherman, the Prime Minister declined to back her, saying instead, I think it is something that is incredible about our country is that it is a fantastic multi-ethnic democracy. Would you agree with Breverman or with uh, Rishi Sunak?
3: Well, I agree with Priti Patel because she, <laughs> with for, 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 for because she doesn't agree with Breverman. Oh, Breverman. Okay. So I've right.
1: got, so got an ally. You've got an ally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is surprising here? You've got Suela Breverman, a, a migrant. Her boss is a migrant. Yes. Her predecessor, uh, Priti Patel, was a migrant. Many of the ministers, people like uh, Sajid uh, Javed and, mm. and people like that, from migrants uh, and many MPs in the Tory party are from migrants. And she's saying there's uh, uh, the uh, multiculturalism has failed. What planet is she on? Well, yeah, I
3: mean, I don't know whether you got the quote. Uh, She she said that multiculturalism makes no demand on the incomer uh, on the incomer to integrate. It has failed because it allowed people to come to our society and live parallel lives in it. And mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, yeah. parallel lives already. You've got the Welsh and the Scottish and the Irish yeah. and, and the English all
1: have a different sort of culture. Yeah. They do live parallel lives. But she's confusing having an identity as if to say that they will not intermix with others or interact with others. Mm-hmm. Just because you have an identity doesn't mean that you don't interact with others. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not see it. You might. See one of the things which... And she also mentioned this, they don't learn the language, I think she, she said yes. in a speech as well. I know for a fact that anyone who comes to another country, one of the things he will try to do, will do the best he can economically as well. In order to do that, he's got, he or she's got yeah. to learn the language, yeah. right? Yeah. And they do. Yeah. It, it might be the British who might not learn another language yep. when they go abroad, but the immigrants coming to Britain certainly do. The ones who don't, possibly, are the very elderly who never learned, spoke the language and it's always going to be hard to learn a new language when you're old. So it's a false fallacy. And their children will suddenly speak English. Yes. And the, the other factor is
3: that they, all the immigrants or the people, the boat, the people coming in by boat, mm. uh, most of them are asked, why don't you stay in France or why don't you go to Germany? He said, because we want to speak English. English we speak English. Yeah. We're English-speaking. <laughs> exactly. We come from an English-speaking yeah. country, so yeah. we prefer to
1: come to England. Uh, yeah. and, and I've seen, I've witnessed People who have come from other countries, not being able to speak the language or just a few broken bits, within a short period, very short period, within a year sometimes,
4: mm.
1: that they are fl- quite fluent in order to communicate. Mm. And
2: that's what Absolutely. you think. Have you seen uh, football managers? Yeah. Come? <laughs> <laughs> Spanish and Argentinian. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pochettino couldn't could, could speak a word of English when he came. Exactly. And yeah. within a few weeks, he was yeah. uh,
1: uh, commenting. And, and, the, and the English manager, do you yeah. remember him, the Italian one, who had to have a translator yes, when yeah, he was managing yeah. the English team? Uh, was the Italian one? Uh, do you remember? No. I forgot no. to leave. I couple. don't <laughs> know. <which laughs> but but mean. he suddenly needed. Yeah. And he wouldn't give English, although he could speak English, he would not give English uh, okay. uh, press conferences. Right. You, you'd have it
3: yeah, yeah. So yeah, these sort of things happen. Yeah, I mean, multiculturalism, as far as we are concerned, we know it works. And in our own community, Yeah. we, we work, we work, we live a parallel lives. We do live parallel lives. He says you can't live parallel lives. We do. And only yesterday... The, there was a, uh, a talk on the charity walk and how that as uh, our charity walks uh, have uh, influenced the, mm, the the people of this country Indeed. Uh, uh, the host the the, the host people yeah. uh, so much so that uh, even the, uh, the the poppy appeal our contribution to the poppy appeal our efforts in that regard yes. that uh, we the there was an invitation to see the queen for our Amir, the, the head of the, the president of the Amjad community right. here, and uh, uh, we've got in, we in, we we are in, included in um, s- several organizations have asked for our for our help. Indeed, and uh, we practice our we, we, we go to we say our prayers. We go to this, we go to the mosque. We conduct our own activities and
1: uh, and we, we encourage to English s- to be spoken there. Uh, you know, we, yes, we yes. our sermons are in English, although these will be available as well. Uh, so, we, we, and we reach out. I remember when uh, His Holiness came to Crowley to open our mosque. Uh, the thing he addressed was that this mosque is not just for the Ahmadis who are coming here yeah. for worship, but it is for the wider community for use and for us to reach out to them. Hmm. I thought that was a,
2: such a wonderful message. But, but we also have multiculturalism operating in our community as well. We've got people Indeed. from all, 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 all cultures, yeah, Africans yes, and yeah. Pakistanis yes.
1: and Banglades and... And also, absolutely. Yep. So, so w- she, she's wrong, totally wrong, right? Yes. Sir, but so, what? Who is she addressing? Is she trying to attract a vote of some sort from a certain type of people? Yes, of course, she is what wants. To, she's attract, trying
3: to uh, uh, plead to the the right wingers. Within uh, her party, the, within, within the, Tory the party, party, and no, and generally as and well. Generally yes, as well. Uh, she thinks uh, they'll garner this vote, and ah, she, she d- did. She was outspoken against the. There, there was the Rotherham incidents, and yeah. she picked out the uh, Pakistanis as being, the. the uh, I think she did use the word the, you know, word the, the uh, grooming, uh, grooming gangs. No, the the, the, the grooming gangs, but yeah. she 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 said uh, that they are the responsible for the most, most of, of, of this activity. Uh, that was, was factually she, was totally, was, was totally totally wrong. Wrong. In yeah. fact,
1: eighty percent are white yes. uh-huh. gangs,
3: and that was only and in Rotherham. and those. I mean, in Pakistani communities, you got Pakistani communities. In London, you've got Pakistani communities in, you know, in other areas. No, it's not, no not, no not There's no issues there. No issues there yeah. exactly. So the, the, these... I mean, to generalize... Uh, was, like was, that, uh, what yeah. was the other was Manchester, was it? Uh... uh, uh
1: not sure whether Brad, it wasn't Bradford, so. there was not Bradford. There were some in Birmingham as well. and yes. uh, there, There's a few communities in yeah. the north where there were some issues. And that doesn't mean there aren't issues in those communities, but the the, the wider community doesn't accept it. Mm. And, yes. the, the, and the wider community will challenge it as well. Uh, we certainly do, and we certainly mm. condemn it. Mm. Mm. Uh,
3: anyway. Uh, in our own example, I mean, uh, in, uh, in uh, just to reminisce, we got time? to uh, Just yeah, a couple no, of minutes left. No, I'm uh, saying, uh, the example of, uh, of, uh, integrating, yes. How far do you integrate? I mean, we have our own experience that when we played hockey and we were entertained by the, the host team, we hmm. were taken to uh, a pub, uh, to after to, the match, uh, after they did match. They it to the clubhouse or yes, a yes, pub, yes, were, yes, exactly. yeah. so, And, and, you know, they, th- that was where the, the, it, uh, socializing, the, this, uh, socializing occurred, yeah. and they drank alcohol and we didn't. Yeah. And at that time they looked on us as if we were not trying to integrate. Why didn't we drink and how times have changed. Now you can go into a public house or a bar. And you can ask for a soft drink, and there's no embarrassment. In those days, there was an embarrassment if you asked, It was, it was, sort it was odd. Why? Why you are, now? It's totally acceptable. <laughs> it's completely changed. The culture has changed. A lot of uh, English people, or the, the local people, they don't drink. They don't drink now. I, I've got a yeah. friend who who, who's, he, who said when I was twelve, I tried, tried a drink. I didn't like it, yeah. and I've never had alcohol. Yeah.
1: No, I I work at a school, and I was asked to give a talk uh, on Islam and with other belief factors. And one of the teachers, uh, he was an English teacher, uh, is a, doesn't drink. So he was giving a talk on why he doesn't drink. Right. Uh, he had given up for about ten years or so. He right. like They used to drink before. But he he doesn't drink, and he was proud to tell. And he was trying to encourage the students to understand yes. that that is also an option for them mm. to to consider. So mm. in our days, but I do remember how during those days, that when we didn't drink, that one reporter picked that up and used to call us my teetotal friends. I don't know if you remember that. Maybe,
3: yes. Yeah, it, yes. from the Kent it, Messenger it, it, Kent, or well, yes. Medved yes. News or whatever Ro- I think Rochester uh, ah. Rochester
1: Post, was it? That's or? Yeah, it was the blue, yeah, was with the yeah. blue flag. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to write yeah, down yes. and every time he used to report on <laughs> yes, our matches. Yes. My teeth only friends I one again. Or <laughs> yes, t- yes.
2: This is it, the 70s. And for the benefit of listeners who don't know us.
1: Indeed, indeed. Dr. Freeth, lovely talking to you. Thank you for your wonderful views and thoughts as well. And enlightening our listeners with those. Uh, right, relief well, let's move on uh, yes. to your segment of the show, which is the Faith in Focus. Uh, we have been reviewing the life of the Promised Messiah in early episodes. We will continue to do so and examine some of his many qualities. First of all, the Promised Messiah, i Allah be pleased with him, dealt with everyone with respect. Can you elaborate on this, please?
2: Yes, he made a point of uh, being respectful to all his companions and... Uh, any new inquirer who came to him. Uh, this was did. not common uh, by those who held some kind of religious status as he did uh, uh, in those days. And uh, Moulmin Abdul-Karim, a companion of his rites, and I quote, yeah. uh, I have often witnessed ascetics and religious leaders consider it a dishonor to themselves and dis- degrading of their status to refer to disciples respectfully. Hence, many religious leaders and Sufis as if consider it a sin to address their followers with respect and dignity. In such a long period of time, never once have I heard the promised Messiah call upon or speak to anyone in the gathering by saying tu, tu meaning the, uh, the singular yeah. ex- expression that is used. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit not, like "the" l- and thou. That's
1: right. It's, it's, less de- it's, it's, it's a bit more demeaning than... Yes. In, yes. There are different levels, and, and he yeah. would never address it in that. Yeah. yeah.
2: So... Um, uh, it's unfortunate that many people are still unmindful, he says, of the deeper reality in how respect fosters purity and cleanliness of heart and sows the seed of love within. Yeah. This, this, Steve, uh, this is Molly the cream again uh, saying, they deceive their own souls if such people wish to become a pure community and if they are hopeful of blessed days, then let them eradicate all distinctions between the high and low ranking. Let them crush uh, under their feet all notions of caste, And of nobles and commoners, they ought to meet everyone equally with honor and respect and refer to one another and say the names of one another, even in their absence with reverence. When this becomes their state, God Almighty will make them a true reflection of a verse of the Holy Quran which uh, translates as follows. It is then that they will become examples of sacrifice and reformers for the world. So this is uh, an extract from the writings of a close companion, of the founder of the MDM community who shows the kind of community that the founder of the Amdiyam community tried to foster, one that showed mutual respect and dignity and a sense of equality for all. And this is also the way that all our Khulafa have conducted them, themselves. Indeed. When we you know, go to meet them, they invariably will stand. I mean despite the fact that they command a great deal of respect, and rightly so, and mm. reverence, mm. they will stand and shake your hands, and then when you leave, they will again stand. So that very small uh, gesture, gesture uh, shows you know, the dignified humility that they display, and it is an example that uh, the founder of the community tried to to inculcate in us.
1: And that is a reflection of how the Holy Prophet, yes. peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also conducted himself because yes. there are narrations of this and yes. particularly when his daughters mm. used to come to him, as a Fatima for example, mm. he always used to stand up and yes. greet them uh, yeah. without fail. Yes. Um, sometimes we, sometimes don't. Even no.
2: Do. no, it's interesting. Your elder brother uh, tells me mm. that uh, when the holy prophet when an inquiry came to the holy prophet uh, peace be upon him he would turn his full attention to him mm. you know he would not uh, speak to him at an angle right but turn his face completely at him and listen to what he had to say mm. and then respond so it's again uh, a mark of respect that is being given to Anybody who wants to know something from you, irrespective of high st- how high status yeah. God has endowed you with.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, and by not giving the full attention, it's a way of demeaning that person. Yes, and, and, yes. That, uh, and it becomes a very annoying thing. Yeah. Uh, I hope I've never done it. Yeah. I try not to do it, mm. and I'm sure I've done it. <laughs> mm. <Yeah. laughs> but it's happened to me on a few occasions mm. where when the person doesn't, look at you or pay attention to what you say mm. you feel as if you're just wasting your breath yeah, you know yeah, and then yeah. you feel like walking away or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah what about uh being mindful of the spiritual development after all the Promised messiah came as a spiritual mm. leader yes right? so can you give some yes. examples of that
2: so his the the main concern i suppose uh, of the founder of the MDM community regarding his companions centered around worship, their spiritual development, and the five daily prayers. He himself offered all his prayers in congregation, unless he was unwell. He offered all his uh, daily prayers in the mosque. And when his companions were not there or not there in numbers, he was extremely saddened. And during the early days, there were few who joined him, and he was reported uh, to repeat, and he said this many times, nothing grieves me more Hmm. than not offering the prayer in congregation. And in order to deal with this grief, he prayed for a congregation. He declared that I am engaged in supplication and trust that Allah the Almighty will accept my supplication. And sure enough, God heard his prayers. As soon uh, uh, the number of those attending the five daily prayers swelled to 80 or 90 and then beyond and continues to grow to this day in the mosques all over the world. But this caring his, for his companion Um, did not end there. There, Though he was not inclined instinctively to spend long hours in socialising, he made a point to spend quality time with his companions. He would eat his meals in their company. In the afternoon, he was also prone to give formal addresses, counselling his companions. And the status and reverence according to him was not something uh, he had striven for, In fact, those close to him testify that every expression of his made it clear that he had no love for rank opposition. On one occasion he said, if God Almighty gave me a choice and asked whether I prefer seclusion or publicity, I swear by the holy being of God that I would choose seclusion. It was God himself who pulled me out into the public sphere. Who can know more than God the pleasure that I attain in seclusion? I remained in solitude for almost 25 years and never once, even for a moment, did I desire to be placed on a seat in the court of fame. I am naturally averse to sitting amongst a group of people, but I am bound by my master's command. And he went on to say, when I sit in public or go for a walk and engage in discussions with others, I do all of this out of obedience to the command of Allah Almighty. Mm. Sharp contrast to the kind of um, charlatans that we come across these days.
1: Yeah, and, and and those who try to accuse the Promised Messiah to be anything but that. Yeah. Uh, if only they read properly. Yes, yes. If I'm respectful to my family, mm. uh, that's my duty. Mm. Right? But I'll be judged if I am respectful to those who are not my family, from people outside, mm. if I'm polite and good to them as well, then a character of me can be built. Yes, yes. what about the promised Messiah? He was good with his companions, you say. Yeah, what about for people outside the community? What, what was his attitude towards them? Did he show that sort of respect to them? Mm. And yes. were, were people attracted to his demeanor?
2: Yes, certainly. um He was known to respond in a very gentle manner to any seeker who posed a religious question, and this was irrespective of how impertinent the person may be in his discussion, even when the matter being dealt with was related to something personal to him. So he was always polite, always forbearing, always um, um, calm. Uh, He would, uh, always patient, he would, with great patience, endeavor to help his inquirers understand his point of view. On one occasion, it is said that an Indian took great pride in his own scholarship and portrayed himself as having seen the world and being uh, very well informed and experienced. A big shot, in other words. Um, and he engaged in a discussion with the promised Messiah, and he did so in a disrespectful manner. But the promised Messiah was not phased by his... In fact, the man referred to him, uh, and this is the extent of disrespect, he, quite bluntly, he, he said that you're a liar and said so. Uh, mm. And uh, he said you're a liar and your claim and that... Uh, He had come across many uh, charlatans like him uh, and so on. But the Holy Prophet, uh, the promised Messiah was not at all perturbed by this. He did not so much, it is said, as show even the slightest facial expression indicating displeasure Hmm. and listened to the man's comments very calmly and then spoke in a very tender manner. No matter how foolish or inappropriate someone's word may be, no matter how disjointed and measured someone's work, in verse or prose was, while listening or afterwards in private, he never accept, expressed contempt or reproach, and in this, you know, he reflected the example of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. We come across, you know, when we look at the history of his life, we come across various incidents where the Holy Prophet peace be upon him was insulted uh, or dealt with harshly by another, but he would never respond in kind. We know, for example, the story about the hypocrite Abdullah bin Ubay, who insulted him, uh, and others wanted to deal with him, including his son. His actually son wanted, who wanted to murder him. Who wanted yeah, to yeah, execute him, yeah. and he strenuously opposed uh, any such action. And another another um, person of a Jewish faith uh, demanded the return of a lo- loan, taking by the scruff of his cloak, uh, and pulling it um, so hard that it injured his neck. He stopped any action. Being taken against the culprit, mm. and dealt with him very calmly, patiently, and listened to what he had to say, and then respond in a calm manner. So uh, this is an example of uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which was emulated or which was uh, attempted to be emulated nice. by the founder of the Muslim community. And Hazrat Aisha has reported that never did the Holy Prophet take action against anyone for a wrong done to him personally but only when Allah's legal obligations were contributed, in which case action was taken for Allah's sake. Mm. So this was the magnanimity of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And this is the kind of magnanimity that the Promised Messiah was trying to emulate. Mm. And he he, he made a good fist of it, I must (laughs) say.
1: (laughs) In the time that he lived... Mm. Uh, and if you read about the Promised Messiah, you understand that there were a lot of debates going on mm. between different faiths, between religions. And I can imagine those debates getting heated up. You only have to see what happens at Hyde Park Corner. Mm. Uh, mm. Especially some uh, uh, some uh, sort of antagonists uh, against the Ahmadis uh, get so aggressive. And even if it's not Ahmadis, even if they try to approach other faiths, uh, religions, uh, people of other faiths, They become very aggressive that we are right, you are wrong, you are this, you are that. What about the promised Messiah? What was his conduct with people of other faiths?
2: Well, if anyone, um, his conduct with people who are um, um, against um, his views uh, was one of um, calm and uh, considered response. But when, because of his passion for his own faith. Mm. Anyone who shared that passion or uh, anyone who offered any kind of service or brought a verse that they had written or written an article in support of the truth or faith, he would be elated and expressed his appreciation accordingly. Uh, He said time and again, if any individual gives us even a single word in support of the faith, I find it to be more valuable than a pouch of pearls and gold coins. And in essence, the center of all his efforts in religion and service uh, to its cause, Uh, this was what actually motivated him. And he stated, a person who desires that I should love them and uh, that my humble and fervent prayers reach the heaven in their favor, they must assure me that they are able to serve the faith. And he added, I love everything for the sake of God Almighty, whether it is my wife, my children or my friends, my relationship with everyone is for the sake of Allah Almighty. Anyone who developed a relationship or love with him was said to uh, have formed a, a strong bond with him, such that they would be left embarrassed by the love that he showered on them in return, considering their own love to be much lesser and insignificant. The condition was that one must be righteous and a servant of the faith in order to um, uh, cultivate his friendship. Of course, he remained concerned for the good and prosperity of everyone, but he had a special love and relationship with those who shared his passion for
1: faith. Very interesting. And uh, in that regard, um, many people try to accuse him of various accusations against him of his character and, mm. uh, uh, and his personal being uh, but his passion for god and islam started at a very young age mm. uh, and that is a sign of the times uh, you know when 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 someone claims you look at the early part of their yes. life to see a reflection yes. of who they were, mm. he wasn't interested in pursuits of of other things much. No, no. Is that right?
2: That's absolutely right. And I think we've got a clip of uh, the uh. Uh, Hazar Khalifa the fourth, yes. who uh, describes, I think, his passion for, uh, for Islam that started at a very, very young age.
1: Okay, let's listen to that. This is... Uh, the narration by the fourth caliph of the Amni Muslim community, Hazrat Mizzatail Ahmed, may Allah be pleased with him.
5: So Hazrat Mirzathul Ahmed, right from the beginning, was totally dedicated to the service of God and the service of the poor. That we know not only from his own memories, but from the Hindus and non-Muslim people who lived in that township they have given their testimonies, and I have met some of them myself, who had lived long enough to give their testimony before me, like Baba Malaba Male Hindu, leader of qadian and many others, who always mentioned with deep regard and respect Hazrat Mirza of qadian Why? Because right from his, his childhood, he was a man given up to God and his creation. He loved God so much that he kept on studying the Holy Quran day in and day out, and Hadith and Islamic literature, and uh, used to go to the mosque, all had left, when all the others had left, he would remain there and start, keep on praying, you know, individually, Nawafil, so this is the testimony of all the people of Kadiyan of that period, that this is how he spent his childhood. His father's testimony is mentioned by some Sikhs who came from other parts of the Kadiyan and uh, are inquired from his father that, we understand we have also a son, we seldom seen. Where is he? What is, what is he doing? <laughs> The other members of the family, we live like a ro- small royal family, but there is one son who we never see him, but we understand we have. He said he has become a Masitar. Masitar means, in, the Punjab, in Punjabi language, one who has been wedded to the mosque, one who remains in the mosque and never comes out. So he said, go and find out. Maybe he is wrapped in some mats of the mosque because sometimes it happened that while he was, when he was tired, he laid down for a rest and the servant who attended the mosque, he came and rolled down those mats. And it actually happened that once he was rolled in that mo- that, <laughs> but he didn't shriek, he didn't protest. He softly, after he left, he came out himself. But this is what I am t- telling you, was his natural childhood, his infancy and childhood.
1: Yes, Azumizataya Ahmed had a wonderful way of explaining things. Yes, yes. And, and, and the love that he mm. comes out of that, uh, mm. of, of the Promised Messiah, mm. and, his, and his nature certainly comes out very yeah. clearly. These are things that are sometimes hard for us to emulate, particularly when we are confronted with people who want to talk of their faith, etc. But lessons we have learned. Mm. And I've often seen uh, prove right that when you are not aggressive towards the other, you have more chance of you being listened Mm. Mm. and you have more chance of them being less aggressive to you. We once uh, attended, uh, we held an event in Woking many years ago. Imam Rashid was our guest speaker Mm -hmm. and uh, the Christian priest uh, he unfortunately spoke with a forked tongue, if, if you know what I mean by that. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a bit deceiving. Uh-huh. Uh, he said that he's not an expert in these events so he would like our imam to go first and then he would like to speak second because the imam would be a far experienced speaker than I am and then all this type of thing. So we, we agreed to that, stupidly. Um, naively, rather. And uh when Imam Sab finished his speech, very polite about our beliefs and about our respect to the uh, the Thessalon, etc., when the Christian spoke, started got onto the floor. Immediately, very aggressive, very loud, pointing fingers, started accusing the promised Messiah of defamations and all sorts of things. And you could tell this guy speaks on a regular basis. Uh-huh. Yeah, probably goes to Hyde Park Corner. Right. As a result of that, his own... Congregation turned against him, right? Because oh, they saw was, how Imam Sabahadri re- had spoken mm-hmm. and how he had reacted, mm-hmm. re- uh, and his congregation turned on him. Mm-hmm. And they came to us afterwards. They said, "We ever, ever so sorry. Uh-huh. We didn't know our priest was going to do this."
2: Right. So basic human values, basic human natural instincts. Yeah. They they kicked in. They kicked in, and
1: yeah. and I think in the what you have told us and what was in the telegram at all, this excuse, uh, exudes from the promised Messiah. A yeah, yeah, yeah? Yeah. gentleness. Yes. Immense yeah. gentleness, yes, I think, is what I would say. Yeah. Right, we'll, Ethan, we'll uh, be joined by other guests after the 11 o'clock news.
0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed.
1: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Uh, welcome back to the weekend world show. This is Asan Ahmadi with Waleed Ahmed as my co-host. Uh, joining us later in the segment of the show will be our young Imam, Daniel Kalun, in the Ask the Imam segment of the show. Those who wish to share their stories or views can phone me on 0208-687-7878 or tweet us at Voice of Islam. UK. Voice of Islam on their Radio, mobile or live stream on voiceofislam.co.uk forward slash live. This is the Weekend World Show with Arsene Ahmadi. Weekend World on Voice of Islam.
6: just been called for Donald Trump. The decision taken to join the common market has been 200. reversed. The government should call a general election. Order.
3: Weekend World.
6: Questions
3: to the Prime Minister.
1: Behind the headlines. Uh, right, Walid, we're yeah. on to our Behind the Headline segment. And what has Voice of Islam, and uh, so Voice of America, sorry, an American newspaper, uh, what have they headlined?
2: Well, they headlined Hamas battle for second day after surprise Hamas attack. Uh, the White House said uh, Saturday that it unequivocally condemns the Hamas attacks. We stand, this is a quote, we stand firmly with the government and people of Israel and extend our condolences for the Israeli lives lost in these attacks. Uh, this was according to Adrian uh, Watson's spokeswoman for the National Security Council.
1: Yes, Al-Azhar Al-Sharif Mosque, a prominent mosque in Cairo, which is a seat of Sunni learning, has expressed its solidarity with the Palestinians in wake of the Hamas attacks. And Saudi Arabia called for an immediate halt to fighting in Israel and the Gaza Strip. What else do the Saudis say?
2: Um, they said that the kingdom recalls it, uh, its repeated warnings of the dangers of the situation exploding as a result of the continued occupation the Palestinian people being deprived of their legitimate rights and the repetition of system provocations against them by Israel. Uh, this is a statement by uh, the Saudi Foreign Ministry.
1: Right, and I think just uh, for background, if people didn't hear that uh, Forbes uh, study or from a UN report, is that the total deaths uh, between 2008 and 2020 in a period of 12 years. There were 5,590 Palestinian deaths and 251 Israeli deaths. So that is what I think the Saudis are hmm. sort of erring towards or, okay. or, 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 or guiding us towards mm-hmm. that thinking. That, that is the injustice that needs to be addressed. Uh, joining us, uh, Walid, uh, will, uh, is Dr. Iqbal. Uh, Dr. Iqbal uh, once again uh, is a regular on the show. Uh, always uh, not shy to give his opinions, and follows these political stories very carefully. He presents uh, the history of Islam uh, uh, on Voice of Islam as well. Assalamualaikum, Dr. Iqbal. Dr. Iqbal, can you hear us?
7: I can. I Ah, can. Can you hear me Okay.
1: We can. Uh, Dr. Iqbal, you heard some of the headlines there. Uh, This uh, the the US have condemned unequivocally condemns the the attack by Hamas Al Azhar mosque in uh, Egypt in Cairo uh, has expressed solidarity with the Palestinians and the Saudis are saying that uh, the kingdom recalls his repeated warnings of the dangers of the situation exploding because of what has been happening to the Palestinians in the past as well. Uh, Your initial thoughts on what's happened in Israel and the Gaza in the last couple of days, is it bravery or stupidity by Hamas?
7: Uh, I can't say it's stupidity because when people are oppressed and they've got uh, no one around them listening to them or trying to Implement solutions that they've previously agreed to and they ignore your plight and your suffering. I can't call that stupidity um, Whether they will succeed or not. I don't know but at least their issue is being raised Look, any form of um, uh, violence is not good for any human being mm-hmm. and you, you know, you mentioned the um, over 5,000 Palestinians have died in around 200 and whatever it was. Israelis in a
1: 12-year period, yeah.
7: Just think about it. They've all got the same blood. They've all got the same DNA. Mm. One happens to be Palestinian, other happens to be Israeli. Does it have to be many thousands of Palestinian deaths compared to, you know, a few hundred uh, Israelis? Why do we think in that manner? And that's totally wrong. And mm. the world is to blame uh, as well for this. so whether it was out of desperation by the palestinians or some tactic i do not know i do fear though uh, i mean the statements by the west generally america particularly and generally britain and others in the west and the muslim world are to be expected you know and i think interestingly it's also what the chinese say the chinese have also said that look it's important to go back to the negotiating table and have the settlement agreed by the United Nations, a two-state solution, etc. But, of course, the Americans in the West and Israel generally just ignore that. They they push the Palestinians into a corner. They keep pushing them and killing many more than the Israeli lives lost, which is sad as well. Of course it is. But that's the hypocrisy of the world. And my fear is that um, now that the world is divided, you know, we've talked in past in your programs between the, the global South and the Western camp, and the BRICS and mm. the Western camp. So the world is becoming divided. Yeah. And my fear is that uh, the West may uh, tell Israel to unleash everything onto the Palestinians, and then I don't know what will happen. But temporarily, I think they have shamed the Israelis and their capabilities because they did target soldiers initially and, of course, civilians get into this, but that's quite bad.
1: Well, they're, they're terribly wounded on this, aren't they, the Israelis? They're, they're a big embarrassment that they thought that they had Hamas at arm's length. They, they could control everything Hamas does. They had no fear of them. And suddenly this happens. So this is going to be a great shock and I presume they're going to act with vengeance now rather than with um, sense.
7: That's, that's my fear, to be honest. I and mean, it's interesting that the New York Times also pointed to the fact that uh, how come Hamas were able to embarrass Israel in this way, considering it was supposed to be one of the strongest armies, uh, etc. Right, exactly. so, and then, you know, of course, in the north you've got Israel as well, which are a lot more capable than the Palestinians in what they could do. Uh, but, you know, the interesting thing is, the West, even today I noticed Suella is tweeting that You know, anybody in support of the Palestinians, the police should check this, that, and the other. I mean, how disgraceful and disgusting. Um, You know, there's lots of different forms of terrorism. There is state terrorism, where people are, uh, innocent people are bombed, maimed, killed, etc. And of course, there's other forms of terrorism. So, we did lives. should not be targeted by anybody hmm. but you know over the last few years just how many just ask how many raids the israelis have done just into syria a sovereign country hmm. nobody has you know landed the, the, an
1: eyelid. The, the bbc and sky hardly ever report those you have to turn to al jazeera or other yeah, news no, channels
7: <laughs> really nearly send their air force bomb syria come back and hmm. the west think oh fantastic great job done hmm. <laughs> You know, and yet yeah, here there's Palestinians who've got very little, really. Mm. And it seems these armaments have come through the black market from Ukraine. So it's the
6: West, you no know, sowing their
7: own seeds of destruction and discontent. Yep. We'll um, to, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, Dr. Iqbal, I just want to test you, if I may, this uh, question about bravery or stability. Don't you think it is foolhardy of Hamas to actually uh, deal with this, with their situation through military means? They've got no Navy, no Air Force. Israel has got a clear superiority on the ground.
1: They got one pound. Uh, uh, okay, maybe one pound.
2: It's a nuclear power. How can they hope to achieve any significant uh, success with uh, on through military means? Yeah. Surely, their solution lies in alternative on in alternative measures. And, not in,
1: through and, and, and through peace negotiations, more than Look, of. it's like uh,
7: uh, really the head of the, um, the Muslim community, uh, spiritual leader, Mr. Masrur, um, they said time and time again, it's really for the Muslim world to unite and with one voice to, to remove the injustice against the Palestinians. That, and the rest of the world as well, to uh, have an honest eye towards peace and justice. So that your right, the best solution. But when a people are subjugated and desperate and nothing is happening for them, they can do. You can call it stupidity or whatever. I refuse to call it that word, to be honest. But um, my, I worry because in the end, look, there can only be one winner in a major conflict between the Palestinians and Israelis. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. Yeah, absolutely. It just, de-
1: yeah, it just depends right, what yeah.
7: the rest of the world does uh, following this.
1: Yeah, uh, Dr. Mutt, as I was driving up, I was listening to... Uh, an interview on the radio on LBC and uh, they had a spokesman from the Palestinian group in England and he kept on asking him, do you condemn the killings of the innocent Israelis? Uh, And he kept on insisting on him to answer that question. Uh, But not once uh, did he ask the Israeli spokesman who was on earlier, not once did he ask him to condemn the killings of the innocent uh, civilians of the Palestinians, which we we know runs into thousands of numbers, not hundreds. Uh, why this why this insistence from the Palestinians of condemning and not from the Israelis?
7: I think this is the sheer hypocrisy and double standards of the Western media and the Western world generally. You know, if you had one bomb falling in Kiev from Russia that went astray or you know went silly, they would have uproar for the whole week on the media. Uh, and, um, you know, asking all sorts of questions. They never do that when the Palestinians are being bombed and killed and uh, uh, maimed, and yet oh, oh, all the time. So it, it's just, and this is why in many ways, a lot of the people in the global south have said enough is enough. You know, when they keep on asking um, the Indians, the Arabs, the Latin Americans, the Africans to condemn Russia or whatever, they said, well, Where are your condemnations when injustices are being uh, done throughout the world? Mm. Uh, So people are beginning to see through this and living in the West, I've got so used to it now, to be honest, I I just ignore it.
1: Well, Nelson Mandela was one asked by an American reporter that uh, you uh, are uh, friends with the Palestinians and they are terrorist groups. Yeah, Gaddafi,
7: and he's a nasty man, and, and all he, that. And all I all remember that. that interview.
1: And Nelson Mandela replied that when they were being uh, treated as terrorists by the white nations and the Western powers were supporting them, it was the Palestinians who supported the ANC. It was the Gaddafi who supported the ANC. Um, are we in that similar situation now, that uh, the West is now only giving support to what is who is the oppressor, rather than the ones who are being oppressed? Are the Palestinians the ANC of today? I think that
7: increasingly going to become apparent, uh, as I say, because the world has gone into different camps, mm-hmm. um, and the West in the past used to be clever, uh, you know, sort of mentioning the uh, problems of war but condemning the terrorism of the Palestinians, etc. My worry is now that the West, um, in many ways to be honest, the West is isolated now. Most of the rest of the world are coming together, especially with the big powers like the Chinese and Russians also standing up and saying, a wrong is a wrong. Uh, and uh, so the West can't pull the wool over people's eyes and they will stand up and say, no, we'll condemn that or we'll condemn both things if you're Mm. willing to condemn both things and the West don't do that, they're one-sided quite often
1: I've got Daniel Kalun here, a young imam from uh, the Muslim community Uh, always good with his views Uh, Daniel, people sometimes reflect on this as as if it's a religious war Right, I I know one uh, TV presenter is Jewish. Uh, she's not a practicing Jew, um, but she uh, people might have heard of Rachel Riley, um, very staunch supporter of Israel, and they always try to make as if it's a religious thing going on, the, the Jewishism. But uh, is this a, a, a this is a Jew a religious conflict going on here? Um, to
4: be honest, uh, oh. to be honest, I think. Uh, a political analyst might be better at this than I am, but from my um, little understanding of the situation, uh, I wouldn't call it a religious conflict because, uh, first of all, you have to check whether Zionism uh, is equal to Judaism, right. which a lot of Jews themselves deny. Orthodox Jews don't
1: even accept Zionism. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. Zionism
4: itself, I've been reading this um, book um, about the Balfour Declaration and yes. the whole way, uh, the whole method of how the Zionism came along and everything, yeah. and it's just clear cut that. Zionists, they choose to identify as Israeli first and then Jewish, right? right? So the Jewish identity, the religious identity, isn't even at the forefront. Um, It's just an ethnicity or its Zionism is a political entity. That's um, what they're fighting for. And the West needs um, a a power against the Muslims in the Middle East um, to keep the scale in in their favor, right? So it's all political in that sense. But what I would like to say from a religious um, viewpoint with regards to this is uh, number one um, is that it would be interesting to see uh, how the Muslim world truly responds to this because we mentioned Saudi Arabia and their response which I don't know maybe they're still thinking about it or whatever but it seems like a half-hearted response um, not really actionable um, which is which is very which is ironic because in 1967, when King Faisal, um, you know, he enforced the oil embargo yeah. because of this whole situation. And that really put the West in its place um, mm-hmm. with, you know, the economic um, crisis coming in with with that. And, and the reason I mentioned that is because that was all the Arab countries coming together and enforcing that oil embargo, mm-hmm. right? And that's interesting because even before this conflict began, right, uh, even before the occupation of Palestine by the Zionists, yeah. right? Hazrat Muslim the second caliph um, of the Muslim community, had been constantly giving sermons, lectures, um, writing letters, giving advice, right? And advising all the Muslim nations that the only way um, for this conflict to be avoided at all, right, would be by uh, the Muslim world uniting in some yeah. way, right? Especially... Uh, with regards to trade relations and everything. So they would have to unite in a political um, entity in order to do this. So that's what eventually they did do in 1967 for a short period of time, but obviously it wasn't long-term. But as Muslimad has given the solution to this, Uh, actually today the Ahmadiyya archives... A research and Archives um, social media channel yeah. has uploaded a very interesting video about this on Twitter and YouTube. Okay. Um, it's a bit lengthy, but it's worth it. it used, you can see the whole history of how Muslim al um offered a solution okay. to this conflict before it began.
1: Right. Interesting, Dr. Iqbal, uh, what uh, Daniel Kalun brings in, the religious aspect, and, and clearly this is not a religious war because even the Palestinians are a race of people of different faiths, Christians. Uh, Muslims and Jews. Even Jews. Jews yeah. yeah, but those Jews have become part of Israel yeah. and aren't are are regarded as Palestinians when really they are. Uh, Dr. Iqbal, the other concern I have, um, and we've got some callers uh, wanting to contribute as well, and I'll, I'm going to bring one in in a minute, but just a thought from you, Dr. Iqbal, that uh, Netanyahu, I'm... every time he goes to the United Nations, always talks about the threat of Iran. And... Uh, Is he going to use this opportunity to carry out something sinister against Iran? Or is that friendship with Saudi Arabia uh, and with the the pact between Saudis and Iran is going to stop that because Saudis won't allow that to happen, uh, to to risk breaking that up?
7: I think, as Daniel said, in essence, uh, the current conflict is more political uh, and uh, historical, you know, he went back to the balance for declaration, etc, and uh, ongoing. However, you cannot ignore the fact that a lot of the things, the political um, drivers are further supported in the West and in uh, many Muslim lands by religious doctrines as well. You'll recall even when George Bush unleashed um, uh, Gulf War One,
1: mm-hmm. he
7: talked to um, Shira, uh, Gulf War Two about Gog and Magog, etc. These are biblical uh, verses, you know, in yeah. relation to Armageddon and the end of the world and from Scripture. Hmm. Now, many traditional Orthodox Jews, you know... Uh, I have great respect for Iran. You mentioned Iran in Netanyahu and how he keeps on going about it. You know, and Iran has many, many Jews, more than Israel itself, and it treats them very well. So the Orthodox Jews who are real Jews Mm. don't have a problem with Muslims and uh, that part of the region. It is the Zionists and you know we can't use the word from what Labour or Conservative or any of the Western the political media and the political figures would tell us you can't use those words because anti-Semitism etc. But this is a political-driven agenda to destabilise that region for resources. But ultimately they are using religion as well and. Muslim countries have also started using the religious card and my fear as I've done in one of my series on the living history programs Mm -hmm. uh, it could be disastrous for mankind ultimately.
1: Indeed and our prayers are for this solution to be resolved peacefully uh, so that uh, peace can entail for all people, for, for the Israelis, for the Palestinians, for the Christians who are also suffering in all of this. Uh, Dr. Mal, we've got uh, a caller who wants to contribute or wants to say a word or two. Uh, his name is Salim, I believe. Uh, as alaikum, Salim, can you hear us?
6: Yes, I can hear you.
1: Salim, where are you ringing from? The United Kingdom. Okay, uh, which part of the UK? Southeast, North, Midlands? Uh, Southwest London. Southwest London. Thank you very much for calling the Weekend World Show. Um, you've been listening to our discussions and uh, you want to make a contribution. Uh, please make sure that your contribution is a balanced one, uh, but uh, fair at the same time. Thank you.
6: Yeah, now for the I attended a a government science and engineering event and the chief government scientific advisor was there mm. there was many engineers and uh, senior people and and students there and there was one person did a talk and they said oh we have systems engineers mechanical engineers electrical engineers all working in collaboration mm. i said oh that's excellent that's really wonderful and where are they working in collaboration they said putting a submarine together i said okay so what is the purpose of a submarine? And, uh, well, we all know it's a defense mechanism. So my ultimate philosophy is the end game of defense is violence. So I put that forward. Yes. In the end, the chief government scientific divided didn't even do the final uh, summary of the day. They had somebody else because they must have taken something from what I said right. in that conference. So what I want to say is that, uh, cause and effect whatever happens in the world whatever happens to me to you to anybody mm. we look at that and the fundamental principle is what is causing all of this is having weapons we look at knife crime Indeed. we look at anything guns Indeed. bombs yes so ultimately i do not know the solution i'm not uh unfortunately but you're highlighting what
1: the what the issue is and, and and if you know what the issue is we can start addressing the solutions can't we
6: Exactly. And then um, ultimately, I would say, you know, this is again, I was just thinking today, and this is a thought in the mix. Mm. I believe the only way this will be achieved is more women are in power. (laughs) <laughs> I think I mean, I, uh, uh,
1: Golda Meir, who was the pr- president or prime minister of uh, Israel, she was the one who started this hatred towards the Palestinians. So mm-hmm. some, some people would argue that whether that uh, statement is true or not. <laughs> I think, son, you need to also look at our good old Ursula in uh, the European Union. In the Union. European she's Union, more of a war hawk than yeah. anybody else. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 who can forget Ma- Maggie Thatcher? Uh, she's the one who took us to the Falklands War. <clears throat>
6: Okay, I won't argue anymore. No, no. Sorry, Salim. <laughs> Sorry,
1: Salim, for putting you on the spot like that. But no, no. I was just, uh, just by the way, pa- passing a remark there. But no, thank you very much for your thoughts, and I think you're absolutely right, Salim, that uh, this is a we- an arms game that's that's taking place, and people's lives are being put at uh, at risk. Thank you so much for contributing to our yeah. show, Doctor Iqbal. Do you agree with Salim?
7: Well, look, I mean, men have dominated world history and they've got a lot to answer for. And there is this dominant, you know, thing to um, be fierce and warrior-like and whatever. So, yes. But, you know, this bit about you you put women in charge and I'm sorry, I don't buy it because it's a cultural thing. It's about a faith thing as well. It's what drives you. Do you want a peaceful and just world or do you want a world where you dominate? And I'm sorry, some of the... Uh, leadership from the women, especially in the Western world, in other parts of the world, shown that they're just as domineering as anyone else.
1: We know from our wives, don't we? <laughs> 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 well, I'm not getting <coughs> into. No, indeed,
2: no. <laughs> well, least, uh, no, I've got a couple of questions for Dr. Iqbal. Um, Hamas is uh, is a prescribed is a proscribed terrorist organization in the West. Um, but it is the legitimate government elected by, by, by the Gazans. Do you think that's fair, or do you think that's uh, going to change?
7: Well, look, I mean, firstly, Hamas was brought up by the Israeli and Western establishment to undermine uh, the Palestinian cause when Arafat was going, right? So they actually created Hamas. However, over time... Hamas was voted in by the Palestinian people. And the that's Gazans, what your yeah. so-called democracy is supposed to do. You choose and you accept that. But the problem is the West says, no, no, we'll only accept our form of democracy when you choose the people
1: that we want. And they, that's they, a lot of they, nonsense. They did that in Algeria as well, and, and if not mistaken, in uh, Libya as well. They don't mm. like the democracies sometimes, and then they wage war against them. Mm. Yeah, and yeah absolutely.
7: It's ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah.
1: mm. uh, uh, and, and in terms of what Mali's question is, Uh, They they say we don't don't want to negotiate with Hamas because they're terrorists, but they never wanted to negotiate with the
6: PLO. Exactly. And And that's
7: why Hamas came forward and they've got so much more recognition because they take a firmer uh, approach to negotiations and that's what the Western Israelis now dislike. Indeed. I don't agree with everything, of, of course, or many other uh, I mean, we, you know, we, Muslim uh, organizations or Muslim countries do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to go around uh, just uh, calling them terrorists and this, that, and the other, it's ridiculous. You know, the, Saddam, they termed him a, uh, uh, a terrorist and whatever. Gaddafi, they termed him a terrorist and whatever. Anybody else they don't like, they will uh, c- continue to the Chinese. They're turning on the Chinese now. Mm. Uh, and of course, Vladimir Putin uh, now, of course, is the Hitler. Mm. You know, I mean, it's a joke.
1: It really is. Belief, yeah. another no,
2: question. no, I, I want to know do you think I'm um, in your uh, understanding of the situation in the world? Do you think that there is a danger that this conflict may be widened to include Hezbollah in Lebanon and
7: Iran? I think inevitably it will, because, look, the the Ukrainian war is over virtually. for The the West has lost. Ukraine has lost. Russia has won. Now, the next question is, will they start something in the um, uh, China, South China Sea? I I don't think so. So the real hot spot left is, again, the Middle East. And my fear is that, um, you know, as the Saudis, maybe if they get closer and closer to China, something dreadful could happen. Iran is too entrenched and they are too clever uh, for the Western world to sort out. But uh, my fear is now that also Saudis are looking at uh, going away from the Western camp, uh, something awful could happen in Israel could be used to trigger that. So mm. I don't know. God only knows, and I hope not.
2: Mm, but they were causing, Saudis were causing up to the Israelis. Do you think that's also in Not Germany? anymore, though. That was the, yeah, that's that was right. The issue There's before, a change. Right? There's
7: a shift there. Uh-huh. Yeah, So there's been a shift when the Chinese came in. They've shifted all that, and this is why, uh, you know, uh, Prince um, uh, MBS, as we yeah. call him,
1: Muhammad uh, Prince,
7: um, yeah, his whole vision, uh, direction has changed, but my fear is that they might either take him out or they might, um, you know, if they could do it to Kennedy, listen, they can do it to any foreign leader.
1: <laughs> <laughs> indeed but that's another conspiracy theory we, we we might discuss one day Daniel Callon you want to come in there? Uh, I've
4: just got one question for yes. Dr. Saab um, with his political context that he has Dr. Saab um, so one of the uh, arguments on the other side of the camp on the western or Israeli side of the camp is that Israel was historically a country, a nation before, even if it was two thousand years ago. Whereas Palestine historically was never a separate um, sovereign country. Post pre nineteen forty eight, it was the British mandate, and pre Ottoman, uh, pre World War One, it was an Ottoman uh, region, and before that, you know, it, Palestine itself, they say, was never a country, and that's what um, that's the. That's, that's, the, they, that's the argument that's the of
1: argument. the Zionist view. Exactly. Israel, Israel is, was a country, yeah. so it be, it's come back to be that country. Palestinian Palestine was never a country, yeah. so why do you think they can have a homeland now? Listen, yeah.
7: as a producer of living history, right? Yes. before Abraham went all the way to the Holy Land, there were others living there, the Canaanites. Yes. And before the Israelites, um, led by Moses, came back from Egypt and slaughtered the Canaanites, how far do you want to go back in history? Mm -hmm. And the Palestine name has been, of course, historically there well before early on in biblical terms as well. But look, you know, the Jews lived uh, amongst the Muslims and they were respected and regarded. And throughout the Muslim world, the Jews were treated fairly. But uh, Zionism, because of the persecution in Europe, decided to recreate israel and that was a political move they could have recreated uh a jewish land in germany why didn't they why can't they create a jewish land in the americas you know in north america in particular so you know history depends how far you want to roll it back really so uh, um, I, I, I won't go there. Yeah, see,
1: I, I think I agree with you, uh, Dr. Iqbal, that if you keep going back in history, then no land exists <laughs> the yeah. way it is yeah. today. So it is what it you is. Give America the
7: to the Native Americans, yeah. I say. It's all of it.
1: <laughs> the, the, the one difference, Daniel, to me, is mm. that the current Israel land was imposed upon the people living there. Yeah. So is that a valid piece of land because it was imposed and, and the people living there were made second class citizens. Mm. See, it, it, it works both ways. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, lovely discussion Dr. Iqbal as ever, as ever with your views and thoughts. Uh, thank you to Saleem for his contributions uh, our caller from West London uh, and everyone else taking part. Uh, our prayers and thoughts are for peace. They've always been our thoughts and prayers. And uh, we want people to talk to each other. We want people to stop using weapons. We want people to stop supplying weapons to each other. Um, Israel today is one of the world's biggest armies with one of the largest amounts of warfare and weaponry compared to people who just have stones and maybe a few missiles from here or there that they get. And the result of that is, and I want to finish with this, Figure again, I want to get this imprinted on people's thoughts that since 2008 till 2020, in a 12 year period, 5,590 Palestinian deaths have occurred and 251 Israelis. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there, mm-hmm. and the reason of that difference is that one nation is an oppressor and another nation. Are the oppressed mm. right? Let's move on to our next mm. segment of the show, which it's interesting is interesting.
2: Uh, you put going back. I just want to say this because when we hear in the media that there have been deaths on both sides, yeah. and this is repeated, and we, you know, we should be uh, we should be sorry for, and we should our thoughts and prayers should be with them. I think we should the yes. disparity in numbers yeah. should not be forgotten.
1: Should not be forgotten. We mm. should be in the context of yes. that disparity yes. that we condemn yes. one party or the yeah. other.
4: Exactly, and I think social media is having a very good hand in presenting both sides of the narrative. I I
1: think social media has changed the narrative. We were fed, spoon-fed, the narrative that the West wanted us to have. This is why they stopped Russia today, to stop us getting the information from the Russian side of things. Thank God for Al Jazeera, I'd say. And mm-hmm. social media
4: <laughs> yeah, Compare it to the 9-11 attacks We only heard one side of the narrative yeah, exactly. For 20 years And now this is happening during the age of social media So we're hearing two sides, two sides. of the story
1: Absolutely, very good point indeed Right, uh, Mr. Daniel, our Imam uh, You've already answered one question So we'll thank you very much uh, Daniel, Abu Daud narrated that Jabir radiallahu anha Said that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Used hijama. On his hip because of debilitations he suffered from, uh, f- from debilitations that he suffered from. Anas ibn Malik reported that the messenger was treated with hijama when he was in Irham, so doing a tawaf, on the top of th- his foot for pain in that area. So hijama. Yeah. What is hijama? Does it apply today?
4: Yeah, so hijama um, is an Arabic word for cupping, right, the medical practice of cupping.
1: Cupping is used in Western society. If you look at the old footages or old history of Britain, cupping was
4: very common. It was very prevalent, exactly. Um, In in the ancient world, in in all parts of the world, it was very, very prevalent. Um, And it was actually also extremely prevalent at the time of the Holy Prophet, peace mm. and blessings of Allah be upon him, which is why at that time uh, that was considered a good uh, medical remedy for some illnesses or some diseases, yeah. and which is why the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also took part of um, cupping. Yeah. Um, but obviously it cannot be said that that was a religious religious practice that he uh, established. It was because purely a medical. It was purely a medical. A
1: medical, and, and whatever medical... Resources were available. The was, was utilized exactly. By the exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So that makes it clearer. Yeah. So it's a, it's about cupping, which is basically, what?
4: It's about cupping, which is, uh, what, what is cupping? Yeah. Is what is question? cupping? Oh what yeah. Is the
1: process of cupping. Pr- what, what does it entail?
4: Yeah. It, it entails basically, um, if I'm correct about this, it it entails uh, uh, removing um, small amounts of blood, right? So uh, it's also compared to that treatment where, you know, you bleed out the patient a little bit, right, where they thought that there was too much blood in the body or whatever, right? So that kind of stuff, um, or maybe it could also be compared to, again, I'm not a scientist, okay. um, to some forms of Chinese medical practices as well, which are still uh, prevalent to to this day, right? So it's not necessarily something which is completely made redundant in this day and age but it was a lot more a lot prevalent more yeah common yeah it. now we so, have other ways of relate
1: the cupping is it also where you put a candle and you put a cup on top and then you move that around your body so your heat gains mm. heat and all that and that was a way <coughs> of extracting or killing off
2: That's how I understood it. Right. Uh, I didn't know that it also involved Bleeding. Uh, bleeding. Uh, okay. I know leeches are used to... Uh, leeches blood. is another one. That's right? correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. that That's...
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But I
2: think yeah. cupping was what you were describing. Okay. That's how I understood. But that.
1: it could also be the leeches one. Where yeah. Leeches and they put them over mm. the cup, yeah. and then the leech sucks the blood out mm. of you as mm. well. So different forms of it, but it was yeah. a medical... Uh, f- Knowledge of the time, yeah, which uh, was yeah. acted on. So, is it still relevant today then?
4: Well, that depends. Um, so, uh, the fifth because caliph, science
1: has advanced so much, of course, yeah, uh, and people laugh at maybe using such ancient ways of, yeah, medical.
4: yeah. Well, the fifth caliph of the, um, the uh, Muslim community he actually gave some guidance on this when he was okay. asked about this same matter. Um, and he said, well, obviously, because, you know, as science has uh, advanced and stuff, so people are using other methods of treatment. Mm-hmm. If someone chooses to uh, use this method, then, you know, that's up to them. If they think okay. it, it helps them or not, that's completely their decision. It's right. not a religious matter, So it right?
1: doesn't require any, a religious edict on this. Exactly. exactly. Yeah,
4: if okay. someone chooses to uh, use this method in the way of following the sunnah, um, the actions of the holy prophet, peace and blessings of Allah in order to receive some sort of reward for following the sunnah, then um, Hazul stated that uh, it's in line with the uh, hadith, the narration of the Prophet, that all deeds are judged by intentions. So if someone is doing it with that pure intention that they want to follow the sunnah of the Holy Prophet, and obviously it's not harmful, it's proven not to be harmful. So then in that case... uh, they can be rewarded for it will they be healed or not that's another matter but they can be rewarded by they it.
1: can be rewarded for the intentions yes but not necessarily get healed or get uh, result exactly so if the doctors were to advise you that this is not a good thing to be done for that particular individual patient yeah it could be different reasons Could yeah. that, that person might not be up to it or something yeah? it could be all sorts of repercussions yeah and uh, Would it be advisable then to take the doctor's advice and not follow the sunnah?
4: Absolutely, because uh, we have actually a a very good um, comparison here where in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he instructed his companions to, um, uh, they were farming their honeybees in a way Mm -hmm. that um, the Holy Prophet suggested another method and he said do it this way um, for the next year and then see how the harvest is. Um, and they did it, and then the the next harvest wasn't as good as it usually was, right? right? And the Holy Prophet um, said that, you know, I I only know of the matters of, of, of the deen of the faith. Yeah. These are worldly matters, which you know better than me. Yeah. Meaning that even though he advised them to do it, it, it doesn't mean that they had to do it, and it doesn't mean that that was necessarily the best scientific, worldly, actionable advice, yeah. um, because they know better about their own trade. The trade of the Holy Prophet, um, peace be upon him, was... Religion was uh, faith, was spirituality, and he was the best at it, no doubt. Mm. right? But a honey farmer might know more about honey yeah. farming than than the Holy Prophet. Yeah. And in that same way, t- in today's day and age, a medical doctor would know a lot better what's good for his patient. We should trust that.
1: And really, using modern technology and modern knowledge and modern science, uh, uh, Islam promotes that,
2: doesn't it? It certainly promotes it. And I think it, it's uh, we may be unfair... Uh, with the, on the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, when we are trying to follow these kinds of practices, uh, because just like uh, Daniel is not a, a doctor, he's confessed that he's not. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him was also not not a medical trained, medically trained physician, and he used uh, those means of uh, delivering him from from ailments mm. that were current at the time. So just because he used them doesn't mean that they are they are the the well, the, the, way the thinking, ways to yeah, the to ways done, to yeah. they are yeah. the ways to be and to be and
1: used. the holy prophet had the practice of asking people for. Opinion, etc. We know the Battle of Khandaq, for example, yes. was yes. Uh, on the basis of what Salman Farsi had uh, yes. told him that how they used to fight yes. battles yes. back in Persia. Mm. And mm. he used that advice. So yes. it, uh, w- the example there is mm. that uh, just as the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings, Muhammad, used advice of other people, mm. we should do the same. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, the relation between Islam and science? This is a big conflict for a lot of people. Yeah. you know, and, and, and Christians have it as well. Yeah. As, as do other faiths. I know, like, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses won't have blood transfusions, as yeah. an example, um, uh, etc. Where does Islam sit on that? Do you, you know, Does Islam and science uh, combine, or are they two separate entities?
4: Right, so I think um, the guidance given by um, the 5th Caliph, again, the current head of the Muslim community, uh, when he was addressing the AMRA, um, so that's the Ahmadiyya Muslim Research Association, mm-hmm. at their conference, and he... Um, was referencing the promised Messiah, the founder of the community. Um, And he said here that studying physics, astronomy, and the sciences can lead a righteous person to Allah the Almighty. In doing so, one can appreciate Allah's beauty as one learns and gains insight. True believers guide others with scientific knowledge and can prove God's existence. Right, so clearly there's a, um, there's a, there's a the harmony between science and religion. Mm. The second caliph um, of the, um, the Muslim community, as a Muslim, also um, talked about this. So he he mentioned the promise as well, stating that he showed convincingly that modern science and philosophy cannot overrule the Holy Quran. They cannot show any contradiction between the Holy Quran and reason. Science is concerned with nature, the handiwork of God. The Quran is the word of God. Both his handiwork and his word are his. There can be no contradiction between the two. If ever the word of God seems to go against the facts of nature... It must be because it is not his true word, or if it is, if it is, it cannot have been properly understood. The real word, the real word of God, cannot teach anything against the facts of nature. So, I, I mean, I think they're literally drilling in the point that science and religion go in hand, hand in hand. If there's any contradiction, that means either we haven't understood um, the relig- religious text properly, yeah. or that scientific fact might not be might correct. Be, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, the Quran itself
1: points us towards this. Now, it says but it's by the existence of God and the existence uh, of creation. Or the, uh, the, this, uh, Allah says, ponder over mm. the rain, yeah. how the rain is created, mm. how you know the clouds are formed, etc. So this is telling you to look mm. into the science of these mm. things. Yeah. Mm. So uh, Islam actually encourages science. Mm. And in fact, it leads you to the proof mm. that it, m- it must be a creator. Mm. Yeah. And
2: there are many scientific facts in the Holy Quran. Uh-huh. which are now being understood and have been uh, supported by science recently. Um, the Big Bang the- theory, for instance, right. is something that was confirmed by the by the Holy Quran 1,400 years ago.
1: Which scientists it, at the time had no idea. No idea. No idea, So too. it
2: was, what is it, scientists were um, Einstein's uh, field equations yeah. that noticed the expansion, yeah. of, the expansion universe, of the universe. And then with the help of a mathematician, yeah. George Demetria, uh, they were able to trace back... Uh, to a point in, in long in history when there was the, everything was in a compact state Oof. and a big bang uh, occurred this is described in the holy quran about uh, the word i think is ratkan is yeah. the word when everything is closed up yes. in a small mass and, and then and then, ex- then there's an and expansion an yeah. and the holy quran also talks about the um, what will help happen in the future and this is something also that is becoming understood by the scientific world that in the end, uh, the universe will be rolled, rolled up like scrolls, Right. and uh, this is how scientists now understand the end of the universe. Yeah. That it will eventually uh, end up in a in a black hole, and will yeah. be. Uh, uh, wound up in scrolls. Mm, yeah. So this is science confirming what is in the Holy Quran. Yeah. So the two, like you said, are uh, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And that proves the together.
4: miraculous nature of the Holy Quran yes. and the divine nature of the Holy Quran being mm-hmm. and the proof of the existence of God essentially. The Holy Quran is full of um, verses, yeah. as Asan uh, have mentioned, which, uh, uh, which encourage believers uh, to ponder over scientific pheno- phenomena yeah, for yeah, example yeah, yeah. in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the alteration of the night and day there are indeed signs for men of understanding and then there's another one and we have indeed made mansions of stars in the heaven and have adorned it um, for beholders you know so it's talking about astronomy or physics in general uh obviously chemistry uh potentially bio- biology as well right mm. because extraterrestrial li- life might be a possibility as the holy quran mentions as well right all of these things are being mentioned but there is also a distinction that needs to be made, uh, which a trap that Muslims shouldn't really fall into, where Muslims try to, um, oh, I, I don't know what the correct word is, um, so I'm going to make up my own word here. They're trying to scientize okay. uh, Islam or yeah, the yeah, Holy yeah, Quran, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, in the sense that they're trying, they, they're trying to conform everything. Um, you know that. Uh, the Quran is basically science. Where we have to remember, the Quran is not a book of science, no. right? Um, the Quran actually uh, is is used in such language where we would we wouldn't be given some some straight facts. We are given like the Big Bang, right? Mm. But there are a lot of facts which we might think, okay, that doesn't make sense according to science. But that's because we might not understand it properly. And why won't we understand it properly? There's an example in the English language. We can say that humanity will contain the moon, right? now that has a very wide um, meaning very wide interpretation it could mean humanity will contain the moon meaning uh, humanity might reach the moon humanity might colonize the moon Elon Musk might buy the moon right it could mean anything right so the English language has a certain vastness but that vastness cannot be translated into French for example French doesn't have a word equivalent in meaning to contain in that sense right Um, so then on the other extreme you have poetry where you cannot look at just the words and be like okay that's exactly what it means because yeah. poetry requires interpretation it
1: requires your, your mind to be expanded exactly like the universe is expanded. exactly yeah. and
4: that's why the holy quran how can the holy quran not need to have more interpretations more layers of meaning within even a single word than poetry is poetry on a higher scale than divine revelation of course not right mm-hmm. so the holy quran does need to be looked at in that sense that okay even if something might clash with science apparently maybe later on it will be revealed, or maybe we just don't understand it properly. And that's why the Holy Quran mentions that it has been revealed in Arabic in a clear language so that uh, yeah. people may understand, because that's the clarity of the language, that there are many different layers yeah. uh, that need to be looked at.
1: And for our listeners, those who want to know more about the link between science and faith and religion, listen to many of Khalifatul Masih Rabi, the fourth caliph, question-answer sessions, where he discusses many Scientific One of my favorite ones that I uh, that I uh, heard from him, which I often use, is the proof that uh, God exists, right, or, or how creation was created. And he said that some scientists have uh, calculated, for example, he said that uh, the scientist was giving a talk on the proof of existence. And he said that the for the first two atoms, A and B, to join, for ultimately creation to take place, if it's all by chance. Okay? A and B must have met. Okay, if they hadn't met, creation wouldn't have existed today. Hmm. Now for A and B to have met and joined up before the other combinations started to happen is the same as the table I'm here and the chairs that are here. Because atoms are moving all the time, it is a probability that every single atom of the table and the chair can move in the same direction with the same force that the tables and the chair rise and drop back to this position. It can happen because that's the random movement of the, if that was to happen, that's the same probability of the first two atoms mm-hmm. to have joined, mm-hmm. okay. right? Let alone the other combinations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that we know cannot happen, yeah. but it can happen. Yeah. It, it's feasible. Mm-hmm. So that is how and I've used that many a time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I say successfully in the sense that I've been able to convey mm. that there must be a, mm. a creator. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But
2: there are many categorical statements in the Holy Quran yeah. which are now being understood to be scientific fact. And exactly. One of the things, in the, in one of the verses in the Holy Quran states that he has created uh, every living thing from water. Yeah. And nowadays, when we send probes to other The first thing we look for is with water. water <laughs> because yeah, okay. to confirm. Yeah, if, life, if life could have existed and or not. Yes. Yeah, without that that we is, can, yeah. that is statement in the Holy Quran. Yeah. yeah.
1: Unambiguous. Unambiguous, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, we're hoping that uh, Shahid Khan is ready for us as well. Uh, because we're coming on to our sports segment. Um, right. We we'll lead the World Cup. Mm. Cricket World Cup, the ODI, one-day International World Cup, hmm. is on its way. Is Shahid, are you with us? Hmm. I, I think we've got a technical issue. Huh? However, however you, you can ask me the question. No. <laughs> no. The World Cup has no. started. It's going to take about seven weeks for it to complete. A lot, okay, of yes, lot of matches. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, because remember, more teams are now joining us as well and uh, more teams are playing and, and good standard at, at, at that, at that, uh, mm. at, at that. Shahidi, uh, Shahid is with us. He's with us. Yes. as Shahid. Wa Asalaam. We were just giving the introduction to the ODI World Cup uh, taking place in India, uh, started on That's the 5th right. of October. Uh, what a, st- what a match yesterday. Uh, Aidan Makram hits tournament's fastest century. In South Africa, a win over Sri Lanka. Uh, awesome hitting. Uh, one day cricket is almost like T20 now, isn't it?
8: Yes, indeed. I think this is a better version of it, to be honest with you. I think yes. T20, for my liking, is more of a hit or miss on the day. Yes, but here, I think you can, I think it's a bit of a, more of a cricketing uh, quality that I. Uh, come up to the top. Absolutely. So, like you mentioned yesterday, it, that, it did come to that yesterday by the looks of it, and the South Africans really ran, ran away mark yesterday yeah. with their
1: score. I think there were two records. One, the highest score in the World Cup, and also the fastest century uh, by Aidan Markham, mark, Markham. Markham.
8: It, it, in the 49 Bolo um, uh, hit. Yeah, uh, I think other other also records tumbled as well. There were three centuries in that uh, score of four twenty eight yesterday. Indeed, so uh, the big run first yesterday. And in, in, but having said that, it's quite unusual because some of the, in the other games is not so high scoring. Uh, but I think it's just on the day as to what happens, and this is what uh, it occurred. And not to forget that Sri Lanka did get 300 odds, so not to say that it was just a one-sided victory as such.
1: Indeed, yes, that's a very good point. What about the results? England uh roundly beaten by New Zealand, and they were uh, the favourites. But New Zealand are a tough team. I always regard yes, New Zealand.
8: Absolutely. Having said that, I mean, New Zealand are really a perennial. They've never won the World Cup for that matter. It's the 12th edition, 13th edition, in fact. And Australia, their neighbours have been the most successful side in the ODIs. And having said that, New Zealand have only been in the appearance in the final. They've been in the final
1: a few times, but they never won
8: it. Only two two times. Yeah, that's unusual. But they are the... They are the front, I mean, the dark horses. Every time they do appear up to the semi final stage, one of the teams that really does play well in the tournaments and just as falls at the last hurdle, of Yeah.
1: yeah. A bit like South Africa, I think. Well,
8: South Africa have never won the World I've never, never been in the final for that Yeah, practice. that's right. Yeah. So I think they're expecting a lot from them this year. Yeah.
1: What do you make of the Pakistan win against the Netherlands? It didn't look that convincing.
8: <laughs> I think. Having said that, I mean, they did get that first victory under their belt, and that I think under the circumstances, having there was so much talk about their middle order, and that came good on the day for yeah. a change. where uh, the big guns in, fire, uh, apart from Rizwan perhaps. Uh, but having said that, there's no easy matches at World Cup level now. It, not to forget that um, Holland are not easily qualified to be in the World Cup, and teams like say, uh, West Indies were uh, found themselves floundering. They didn't make it to the World Cup. Oh. So, that teams like that, Zimbabwe, also are very, very good at that stage. So, Holland are not a pushover by any means. And I think they will give some other teams a good run, I, run for their
1: money. I agree with you wholeheartedly because I was quite impressed with some of the performances in the Netherlands game, batting mm. and the bowling. Mr. Singh. Mr. Singh. Mr. Singh. Singh. Singh, very very Singh, very Singh a, yeah, that's mm. right. Um, Afghanistan was a bit of a letdown, 156 all out, but Afghanistan's been performing like that a little bit nowadays.
8: Indeed, I think Afghanistan is just to blow hot and cold on their day. I mean, they come up against some good sides and get some good results in that, but suddenly they find themselves not—I won't say minnows—but such in the sense that they're not very really consistent in their performances. Having said that, they are very, very good players in the different parts of the leagues and all, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that might take away from the fact that the
1: ODIs have never been their best format. Indeed, um, and uh, we've got India versus Australia being played out today. Uh, how's the game going?
8: It's a steady starting Australia at 100 for or, or, or 2 or 1
1: 119 for and 4 five. at the moment
8: Oh 4 I think. Yeah 100 in,
1: in the 30th over
8: Yeah So this was a bit of a slow start But having so that Even that it really depends to how the Indians cope up with the Australian bowling as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're far too strong. I would have thought, having got that result or having got the score so far. Mm. So I think uh, India are well on top at the moment in that. Yeah, point.
1: I think as uh, Indians bowling is quite impressive. Although they're not very fast, they're certainly b- good swing bowlers. Indeed, and, and, I mean they swing
8: bowlers. They look do look innocuous and there's no yeah. stars as such, but they are very very effective bowlers. Let's mm. go to that. Point.
1: And the big game is on the 14th, Pakistan versus India, the most watched uh, <laughs> cricket game in the world.
8: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the neighbors don't seem to play in each other's uh, grounds, and this is for a change in in, in India. So yeah. uh, the world's eyes will be cricketing. World's eyes always look at for that match, and this mm. always has a different uh, scenario to it as well. But whichever game that they play at, yeah. So in you know, a World Cup at this level will be something really something everybody mm. has to wait for. as a most boring situation. Will,
1: will this open the way for Pakistan for India to visit Pakistan? Do you think or there's no will in, in ah. India to do that?
8: Not indeed. I think India don't want to, uh, to put them down in any way. They don't want to give anybody an easy game, and more so against Pakistan, it never comes up as that does it
1: know, believe you want to talk football, I believe. I believe. <laughs> yes. I wonder they, why. Uh, uh, yeah, Shai's uh, team's big, on top. Shai's team's yes,
2: on top. <laughs> yes, uh, but before we talk about that, the big match today I mean, between Arsenal and Man City, how do you see that going?
8: Well, uh, they're the top teams in the world at the moment. I mean, at the moment, the performance is such. The Man City, I mean, having lost that game against was the last week they have a point to prove. And so this will be a big factor for them today. After that defeat, they want to come out uh, full guns guns blazing. But it is at the Emirates. Let's not forget that. And I think Manchester City at this moment in time, the way Arsenal have been playing, I think they'd be happy with a draw, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my feeling is that this game could end in a draw. But uh, uh, Saka, I think, uh, is injured, I believe. So it might be the factor in the the way that he has been playing, that he's been outstanding for them this season so far. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but Manchester City also have this game they've in in the week as well, so it will be interesting to see how they get mm. on today. The-
2: and are you surprised the way that Tottenham have performed this season?
8: They I am the top surprised at the somewhat. I think, yeah. Having said that, they've not. I mean, they have played against uh, Arsenal away, obviously, and that a hard game, and that also Manchester United. But apart from that, the other games, I think they were, if not able to win, at least there they they was a the game that they were, I think, expected to. But it's the fact, the way that they have played, I think, is what has really uh, pleased the Tottenham supporters in the last two managers that we had, Mourinho and Conte. there was something that being been pulling them back. Everything was going back and across and so forth. So they're very happy with the way that the team is playing, even not the best, well, best result, but having grounded the result yesterday with 10 men, for instance. Uh, but it's the way that Tottenham are playing, it's the Tottenham way as a state, and that's more pleasing than the results, more than anything else. Uh,
1: just to let you know, for Shahid, another wicket's gone down for five one one oh. nine. Jadeja is, uh, Jadeja is taking the wickets, three wickets and one by Bumrah and one by Yadev. So it looks like uh, India's got hold of this game. India, right? Indian,
8: yeah. well and tough. India. Right. Uh,
1: it's a long I,
8: tournament, let's not forget. That. It's, yes. it's uh, nine games for each and so it will be quite yeah. a long mm-hmm. tournament.
1: In the, in the full crowd, no doubt. Uh, Shai, thank you very much. Jazakallah. Thank you for joining us. Daniel, uh, in the Ask the Imam segment, uh, Dr. Iqbal, Dr. Freed for joining us and the call from Salim also. Uh, Walid, thank you very much for joining yeah. us and thank you particularly to our listeners for taking part and sharing uh, your uh, time with us, uh, your valuable time, and being part of our Voice of Islam team. Assalamu alaikum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.